Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell and Raja Bell. Raja's out on vacation, as Hannah just mentioned. We got David Sampson joining us. Thanks a lot. Pr- appreciate you getting up early. This is normal for you, though, right? This is normal. It's no problem. I'm no Raja, but I'm happy to pinch <laughs> hit right now. All right. Sounds good. He's not a morning person, so I have a feeling you are. So I think we're going to get off to a strong start. Very much a, so. We got a big show for you. We're going to get to, uh, we're going to fix baseball. You got some great ideas on that. We're going to do overreaction, proper reaction. And it's the summer of LeBron. I mean, that's kind of what this has been labeled by the NBA. bored with that already? It is getting a little bit old because the summer of LeBron basically always starts way too early. Because I feel like this has been the conversation that the NBA and the Cavs and anyone discussing the NBA has been having is every year, every single year, even throughout the regular season. But here's my thing on the NBA. Like the regular season, it's kind of a given that you know who's going to be there, right? It's going to be the same players. You know it's going to be Golden State. And you know it's going to be Houston. And you knew it was going to be Cleveland this year. You had a couple other interesting storylines in the regular season. The rise of the Sixers. The rise of the Celtics. But basically, you know the outcome. So what are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about where LeBron could end up and what impact the regular season could have on it. So here we are today, sitting here wondering, all right, where is LeBron going to go? We're getting closer than we ever have been before. So what we know. So LeBron has to exercise a player option by June 29th. He's expected to opt out. Of the uh, 35.6 player option that he has left, uh, he would become under, unrest- unrestricted free agent then on July 1st. And here we are. Here we sit. So what do you think about? Because you have a lot of experience with this. Right. Because you signed John Carlos Stanton to the richest contract in baseball history. So it's a similar type situation when you have a player of that magnitude and you have to look at it from Cleveland standpoint. If you're LeBron, what are you weighing when you're making this decision? Well, the power is in his hand. With Giancarlo, we had the power because he was under our control for a few more years until free agency. But when you're LeBron James, he's been to the finals eight straight times, two rings, three rings. He wants more. So I love reading about the school system and about where his son's going to play basketball. And I love reading about all the players he wants to play with, his friends. He's got plenty of time to see his friends. There's good schools no matter where you go. He's going for winning because he wants legacy. He's an ego guy, and he wants to win championships. So where does he go? I think he stays on the in the East because he wants a path to the finals to continue that streak. So I see him either staying in Cleveland or going to Philadelphia. For all the stuff with LeBron, because LeBron does come with some baggage. Like there is some – like the passive aggressiveness, the – you know, using his control with all that he can – um, manipulating the media as much as he can, trying to manipulate his roster, which we haven't seen in sports a player be able to manipulate rosters the way LeBron has. All that stuff that some people don't like. I actually think one of my favorite things about him is that he does want to win a championship. Like I think that's the driving force behind everything LeBron does is I want to win a championship. So like, like when you say about the family, the kids, where they're going to school, because there were rumors he was going to – the kid was this. enrolled in school at L.A. Like he has enough money – he can get back and forth to see his kid play anytime he wants, or he can send his kid to come, you know, send the private jet, get him home on the weekends. Like all those things I think matter some, but I think the most important thing to LeBron is winning championships. But I also do feel like relationships that he has with other superstar players matter too, because we saw that happen with D Wade the first time around he came to Miami. Then he was able to lure D Wade to Cleveland to play with him. 
He's, you know, the banana boat boys, him and Chris Paul. I'm sure that's a conversation. That's a thought process. Cause I think LeBron does want to play with people that he likes and he enjoys and that he has good chemistry with too. He's been around the league long enough that I think he would find friends wherever he goes. He's got security blankets. He's got posses. That's what players have, both baseball, basketball, any sport. So he can import his own people to whatever team he chooses, whether they're uniformed or non-uniformed. So I don't even think that's a big factor. He's not going to be able to arrange salary cap the way they did with Bosch and Wade and LeBron going to Miami back when the big three did it. They were in cahoots with the Heat who were opening up all that cap space back then. In order for him to do something with Chris Paul and, and Houston, you got to manufacture space. I don't think Dan Gilbert is going to do a sign-and-trade with him. Why give him the gift of getting out of Cleveland? If he wants out, he's going to have to find his own way out. So it's interesting you bring up Dan Gilbert because their relationship is complex, to say the least, right? Because when he left the first time with the decision, Dan Gilbert was not happy, You know, let the fans know it, and basically eviscerated him publicly, and LeBron didn't like that. But obviously it wasn't so bad because LeBron returned to Cleveland. It still looks icy. I don't think they're best friends. They're not going out to dinner. They're not chummy. But I think there's a respect level there between both of them. Do you think that relationship impacts LeBron? Like in the, when we're looking at things you weigh, how much of the Dan Gilbert relationship is in that mix? Hold on, I'm thinking. <laughs> um, zero. None. Go back. Uh, who was the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers when Kareem was winning titles there? Do you remember? Jerry, was it Jerry Buss? It was pre-Jerry Buss. It, was it could it? have been, right. or maybe it wasn't. <laughs> Who was the owner of the Knicks when they won it in 70 and 73 with Willis Reed? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So my point is, <laughs> 20 years from now, when LeBron is in his 50s, and his kids are probably in the NBA, one of them maybe, maybe two, no one's going to remember who owned the Cavaliers, who owned the Rockets, if he goes. Can you name the Rockets owner right now? They just sold, I think, to Frittata or Tatata, Tataka. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Salary cap space and a chance to win a championship. I think the relationship with the owner is overstated. Giancarlo Stan didn't exactly love Jeffrey Loria. He was offered $325 million. That makes a lot you of problems go away. the other way. Right. The Yankee players don't necessarily love – Bryce Harper, great example, going to be a free agent. Does he love Ted Lerner, his owner, who's now Mark Lerner, the son? Who cares? <laughs> Manny Machado, free agent, he's going looking for money and the chance to win. Now, LeBron's obviously different than Giancarlo Stanton because – he does. He's a winner. One yeah. championship. <laughs> yes, that's true. He's at a different point in his career, but he also has a team that's a little bit different, like Rich Paul and his guys. Uh, you know, those are, they're, they're a tight knit circle. I think there's a lot more communication with the Giancarlo negotiations. Was there much conversation between you and Giancarlo? Was more with his agent or like, how did that play out? It played out with me and Giancarlo and Jeffrey Loria and our general manager, Mike Hill mm-hmm. at a bungalow in Beverly Hills at the Beverly Hills Hotel. We sat with Joel Wolf and a bunch of other agents who work for Joel Wolf and Giancarlo, and we talked about what it would take to make him a Marlin forever. The intent when we signed him was he would become the first ever full career player for the Marlins, go into the Hall of Fame as a Marlin. We were very comfortable with the 13 years because we felt as though playing at 36 or 37 wasn't going to be a problem for Giancarlo, and we were comfortable that when he got hit in the face, he was going to come back. So we went at him hard. We we had to make it so he couldn't say no. To do that, we had to set the record in length 
and in amount, in notional dollars. And the minute we went up to 13 and 325, he was a yes. It didn't make him happy in Miami necessarily. And in baseball, it's not like basketball where you guarantee championships by having a good player or two. You know you can't do that. And it didn't work out, and we all know why, and we all know where he is now. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that's a deal that I would do again. And Giancarlo, if you asked him today, even though it worked out with him on the Yankees and not happy with the Marlins, he would still sign it today. So was it pretty much the offer? There wasn't a back and forth? Like Joe Wolf, his agent, can come back and say, I need 350, 3.7. <laughs> Those numbers, which were record-setting, there right. probably wasn't a lot. So it was a, here's the deal, and he was good with it and said, let's go? We spent a lot of hours talking about what the deal would look like, and we said, we are going to present you a deal that you will not say no to. And they said, well, we'll see, because they didn't think that we would go where we went. It was record-breaking. Anyone who breaks a record, you don't assume you're going to break a record. You don't go into it thinking that. And we'll talk about maybe Machado and Harper later, yeah. who may be thinking that. But Giancarlo was worried about would he ever play again? Was he going to be as impactful? And we basically said to him, you're not going to say no. And we went at it hard and fast and immediate after we had conversations just about philosophy and life. So speaking of philosophy, I think this is an interesting aspect of where LeBron is in his career. Like, obviously, he wants to chase titles, right? And you mentioned teams clearing salary cap room for him. He has more money than any superstar athlete that we've ever seen. He has made an insane amount of money. Uh, I guess not that insane when you compare it to Giancarlo Stanton because in his career, he's made $237 million. But that doesn't include... Um, the Nike money. It doesn't include the the Beats money that he that he was in on the early on the deal with the Beats Apple thing with Dr. Dre. Uh, so he's made a boatload of money for him. And this is where I think is interesting. If I was him, I would play for dirt cheap so that I could go play with the right guys. But Danny, you're not him, and <laughs> that because true. That, that's why you're saying it. If you were him, you would still want money. Mm -hmm. So people but is that, with is that money, purely the ego thing, or is 100%. it more? You don't get to be LeBron James without ego. Yeah, you don't get to be the best businessman in the world, or the best quarterback in football, or the number. You think Tom Although, Brady but, has an ego? I do, but I but look at his contract. He doesn't make anywhere near what he could command on the open market because he wants good talent around him, which I think is a brilliant thing to do. Now he's also gotten a lot of people say, well, he's got Giselle who's bringing in more than he is. Like she's making twenty or thirty million dollars a year. I think that's year. a factor for Tom Brady. I don't think his wife making money is okay. Bad. No, but so, but, but that's to my point is right. he's playing for less than he could command because he wants better talent around him and he realizes that I can, he can spread that around. That money can go elsewhere that'll help him get that next Super Bowl title. That's what I think is interesting, especially in the NBA when there was so much money off the court. Now, if you're LeBron, you're saying, well, why do these owners get to make all the money? Like they can make money elsewhere. They have side businesses. Why shouldn't I? But I almost feel like at this point in your career, you could look at it from that perspective if you're LeBron. I think you could, but I think if you're LeBron, you don't. Right. I mean, I've seen these players. You know them, too. Mm -hmm. It's just – to me, it's ego. There's so much ego involved with athletes today. There, there's More so than ever. It's sure. Well, because they surround themselves with psychophants. Yeah. Let's face it. No one is saying, don't do this, don't do that. They're all trying to be part of it. They're trying to be on the gravy train. And so LeBron, he says he's with his old people from back in the day, and they're the people he does business with and all that. But you have to be changed if you're hanging out with LeBron James yeah. every day. Yeah. His life is not what he thought it would be when he was 13. Now think of Bronny, the kid. Yeah. What's his life going to be like growing up as LeBron James's son trying to make a name for yourself in basketball? But for me, LeBron is going to choose a team where he has the best chance to make it to the finals. And then once you're in the finals, you got to 
be lucky. Yeah, for sure. I think the thing that's going to be interesting is what do the Cavs do? Because you talk about screwing over Dan Gilbert. If he leaves, they've got a roster that's taken up a ton of cap space and guys like Kevin, uh, Kevin Love, who I don't think he's lived up to the hype or worth of his contract. You got George Hill, uh, Tristan Thompson, LeBron's guy who he brought in there with him, wanted to get him paid. Same boat that J.R. Smith was in. And you got a younger Jordan Clarkson who was a part of this recent trade. You just drafted Colin Sexton. If you lose out on LeBron, I almost feel like you have to tear this thing apart and start almost tanking or rebuilding and looking five years down the road as opposed to chasing titles a year from now or even two years from now. They are looking at a complete just blow the whole thing up. If Le- if LeBron opts in. Yeah, their team's off. terrible. Yes, I mean, exactly. let's face it. Without right. LeBron, it's terrible. When you look at what their contractual obligations are, they're in trouble. Yeah. And I'm not so sure LeBron is upset about that. Right. Oh, that that's where I think the Dan Gilbert – relationship comes into play like that's where it makes well you said zero i think there's about a three percent chance of him that kind of would like to stick it to gilbert it's not a great i'll go three all right three percent is a good number right there almost halfway yeah for sure (laughs) uh so a lot of we talk about the recruiting with chris paul you know how he's going to be recruiting other guys d wade i'm sure is calling him up saying hey miami probably still keep a place down here our boys are tight they are our sons can play together uh, does that bother you at all? Because I think it's the dumbest thing in the NBA that they try to monitor it and find teams for tampering because I think it's human nature. You want to play with your buddies. You, I mean, if going back to high school or grade school when you're picking teams, you're gonna, you might pick your friend over somebody who's a little bit better because you like them better and you have a better chemistry. I have no problem with it whatsoever. And for Nor the NBA I. to try to monitor it, I think is really dumb. Where is there not tampering? Right. I'm just curious. In life. In life. Right. Right. right? Life places. is one big tamper. And if you don't know how to tamper and how to react to being tampered with, mm-hmm. you're not really going to make it in life. Yeah. In your personal relationships, in business relationships. It's not just athletes where tampering is involved. Yeah. It's every day. Yeah. I tampered to get here today. <laughs> I made sure that Rajah missed his plane so he couldn't be here. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's how all it that, goes. Life is all about tampering. All right. So you mentioned – uh Bronny, LeBron James Jr. You have to see it. So you have to see this, all right? Because this is over the weekend. LeBron actually got to see him play. It was trending on Twitter. His son was playing. Now he's in eighth grade. He's 13 years old. That's me, number 15. (laughs) That's you trying to make it happen. So he had some highlights rolling around, but this was the one that everybody was talking about because he went in. He's going to throw it. Oh, he didn't throw it down. He missed it. Now, I'll give a lot of credit to our graphics people for saying barely misses. I don't think that was barely. I don't think it was close. He wouldn't have gotten it with a tennis ball, but I give him great props for trying. By the way, was that a regulation size hoop? Yes, it was. And that's a 13-year-old? Yes. Going up with a one-handed slam? (laughs) Come on, man. That is pretty impressive Are you kidding me? I was being bar mitzvahed at 13, (laughs) standing on a stool. I love it, too. I love the fact that LeBron was – like, LeBron was such a proud dad there in that moment. That's pretty cool. I can't imagine the pressure that LeBron James Jr., Bronny, is going to have to deal with. Like, from all the – out, everybody's going to expect him. LeBron's even been asked about playing together on an NBA team with his kid on it. Like, is he going to play that long? And LeBron has said, yes, that's my dream. I'm doing the math on that. He's 13. Five more years. So they're going to raise the age limit in the NBA. Yeah, that'll that'll happen. It could go to 19 or 20. No, they're going to lower it. I think they'll lower it where you can come out of high school. I think they're going to get rid of the one and done. And just make 18? Yep. So you think five years. So so LeBron. I think he could still do it. Like, he hasn't slowed down at all at 33. He had his best year ever. Yeah. It'd be pretty cool a father son duo in the NBA. It would, as long as he's worthy, as long as as long as Bronny is deserving of it. I think it'd be awesome. But well, even based not, on maybe, that, maybe if he's if, as long as he, 
because who cares if he's a free agent or drafted or whatever? But I think that would be pretty cool. There's a reason for him to sign somewhere. That could be the that could be the the side deal, like that nobody. It's the it's the handshake agreement to say hey, we'll draft Ronnie down the road. Maybe that's part of it. When we were with the Expos, we had Wilton Guerrero, who was Vladimir Guerrero's brother, and we yeah. kept Wilton around, right? Saying, "Hey, Vlad, you got your brother here, right?" Because the mommy was happy because she got <laughs> to see both sons at one place. There you go. Happens all the time. Read and react. Let's do some read and react. Right. I'm going to read a headline to you. And uh, you give me a reaction, all right? So first up, OBJ holdout drama could be coming. So this is obviously Odell Beckham Jr., the New York Giants receiver. Everybody thought it was calmed down because he reported to minicamp. But uh, hold off, not so fast. According to a SNY uh, report, a holdout is still on the table. Team sources think it might happen. I think the juice is not worth the squeeze with him anymore. It's so much drama. Just <laughs> take the field. And keep playing because he's got great numbers. He's had a great career so far, but he's becoming a bit of a circus act. Yeah, it's been a lot of a circus act uh, for Odell. I think he does have to play. I think people forget, too, as much production as you saw in his first few years. You had last year where he missed a significant portion of time. How is that ankle doing? Some guys have more leverage than others. Obviously, the Giants would love to have him a part of this offense as Eli's getting older. They just drafted Saquon Barkley. They want him there. But I don't think he has much leverage either. Especially, I don't. I think he's lost the fans, the Giants fans, because that can play a big factor in it. Like they have fatigue. Wins? Yes, they have Odell fatigue, absolutely. And I think they're kind of over Odell and say, "All right, let's show it. You know, show up before we expect to pay you out." So I think he'll ultimately be there. But I do think there'll be some drama. Like I think he'll. I don't think he'll be in training camp. The first practice. I think there'll be a little bit of drama, but ultimately I think he'll be on the field week one. Don't forget these athletes, they don't like spring training. They don't no, like, oh, they right? hate it. They don't no. like preseason. <laughs> Two a days, oh, they're so brutal. Exactly. Even though they're a lot easier than they were five years ago, ten years ago, they still don't like so it. So holding out is not exactly, the world. exactly. Although it can get expensive with those fine schedules, but those can be worked out a lot of ways uh, from the teams. All right. Next headline. Carmelo won't opt out, set to earn $27.9 million, uh, from the Oklahoma City Thunder. The two sides could still uh, still agree to a buyout, which to me seems like ultimately what is going to happen. He's so bad, <laughs> right? He brought that team right down the crapper, and that's what he did with the Knicks. He's just not a winner. That's the bottom line. So he is one of the great – well, he was one of the – I don't say greatest. Please. One of the best uh, offensive – shot creators, scores that we've seen. But his game never evolved. He never evolved in any no offense. Defense. Never played any defense. I thought he's the epitome. Not a leader. Not a leader. I think he's the epitome of a selfish player. I was looking at the stats, though, earlier, and I would say that the, uh, the Thunder got what they wanted, and you and Debar, our producer before the show, were like, heck no, that's not what the Thunder wanted because he still gave you 16 a game down from his 24 with the Knicks. But with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you knew that those numbers were going to drop. But I, I am with you. I just don't think you see a player who contributes much other than a little bit of star power, which is really diminishing. Very little. Yeah. Flickering. And, and I don't most. know. I don't know how Carmelo plays out with the Oklahoma City crowd. Like, I don't think they're showing up to see him play. No. No. They're not showing up to see him. And what Thunder wanted, they wanted more wins. They wanted a deeper playoff run. Right. They and didn't get it. Exactly. If they can get out from under Carmelo, they have to do that. It'll be interesting if he does agree to a buyout and they get out there. Like, what does Carmelo command from somebody else? Because I don't think there's a lot of value for him. Maybe uh, he'll play with LeBron. Tank. Right. Maybe. The whole friend thing. 
that that to me is where the friend thing could really come back to haunt LeBron. If he I would that. say, I, and I think LeBron is actually smart. Where he would say, you know what, we're boys. We can hang out in the off season. All right, next up, uh, Germany stuns Sweden. It was awesome with a goal in the 95th minute. I actually watched the second so half. Did I? Isn't that crazy? It, it was it was fantastic. There was some you know there was a lot of drama in this one because Germany defending champ was trying. You know they were under a lot of pressure. Had lost their opening game uh, to Mexico. And that goal, is it Tony Cruz or Cruz? I don't know how you say his last name. That shows you how little I watch soccer because he's one of the better players in the world. Cruz, Tony Cruz, uh, had the, the free kick and it like just a little tap back. So they had it official and then curved it like the bend it like Beckham moment. I thought it was a great set play. So he yeah. sends it out. I'm not a soccer guy, I but say, I love watching it. Look at you it. with the terminology. Is that, was that a set I play? I learned PK, FK. <laughs> yeah. JK, JFK. Yep. So they, they put the ball and he kicks it in a way. And I was thinking about football players threading the needle on a pass. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know any quarterbacks, but <laughs> if you're a quarterback and you can thread a needle like that through three defenders into triple coverage, yep. right in the numbers, how that feels, that must be in a Super Bowl. I was thinking about that, that, must that be too. What this feels like. But it's even cooler because as a football as a football player you can't spin the ball a certain way to get it curve around defenders like that's the thing that amazes me it's like a pitcher throwing a slider you know it's it's, it's you're getting it the ball unreal. to manipulate uh to put a little english on it so that I was, was in cool. yeah i like soccer so yeah. i had not really watched soccer before and i'm all into the world cup trying to learn about it getting ready for 2026 right right unless i go to cutter in 2022 <laughs> right and i love the pace of game and I love the game time. Yeah. You're committed to an hour 50. That's it. Yep. End of story. And the best part, no commercials. Like you get the, you get the first half, no commercials, second half, no commercials. You're just right. There's action the whole time. I do have some complaints of, uh, of soccer. The flopping, the acting is a little bit that fake injuries bother me. I just, I saw that. <laughs> they get hit in the face oh, like this. They, they weren't, it was this far away. Yes. No, they, that they was are, weird. They take flopping to a whole new level. Uh, all right, so let's move on to overreaction, proper reaction, all right? Okay. Overreaction or proper reaction. So you have to tell me if this statement is an overreaction or a proper reaction. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the home run derby matters. Overreaction or proper reaction? In life, in terms of hunger, <laughs> poverty, and water. For baseball's okay. popularity. <laughs> matters. That is that is true. It's like the dunk contest in the NBA. When it's going well, it's important. When it's not going well, it becomes irrelevant. And right now, the home run derby is hotter than the All Star game, which is the same as basketball, the NBA. It's the same as hockey. Like the, the same as the NFL. Like all of it. The the non All Star game itself is absolutely more important. I was thinking about this though. What? Because the home run derby has never really had the cachet that. The slam dunk contest? I don't think so. Like, the biggest moment for me of the home run derby was when Josh Hamilton was at Yankee Stadium. Awesome. It felt like the entire country was watching, and he was just going yard, like, just just mowing them, just raking. I don't – but has there ever been one that's been, like, that memorable? Yeah, last year in Miami with Aaron Judge, (laughs) what Aaron Judge did, what Justin Bour did, what Giancarlo Stanton did, and what you're going to see this year in Washington. With the rule changes, give, give credit to MLB. And to the union, I can't believe I just said those words, <laughs> that the changes they made to the Derby made it more exciting. Yeah. And this year is a critical year in D.C. They've got to get the best players playing. It's devastating that Judge will not defend. Yeah. I think you should have to defend it. I do, too. rule with the union. If you win, you come back. Because that's what's going to make 
it have that cachet is to get the best players. Like, why why would people want to watch somebody who nobody really recognizes unless you're a hardcore baseball NBA fan? dunk contest. Can you Same name deal. four people in the no, dunk contest never. this year? Same deal. They should 20 have. 20 years ago, you could. Exactly. And that's what made it so special. Yeah, I, that's and, the issue. And, but that's where the players have to buy in. And what drives me insane is that the players themselves don't realize, hey, this could be great for our game. Again, you know, you have injury issues, you have slump issues, guys change their swing, but come on, you gotta come do on. It. You got exactly come on, you gotta No one goes into a slump because of the derby. Baseball is That's such overrated? A, so it's the number one most overrated thing in the world. Really? You do not go into a slump because you're in a home run derby. Right. You get Especially to score. In today's baseball because today's That's baseball. That's all you're doing all anyway. Exactly. All right. How about this one? Next up. Mike <laughs> Trout could be I'm gonna change it to should be. Regarded as the best baseball player ever. Overreaction or a proper reaction? It's one of the great overreactions of all time. Really? How many years has he been playing? Six? Seven? Is he in there? Six Talk to me after 15 years. Right. I need two titles minimum. He hasn't even won a playoff game yet. Even though he's been on a trashy team, though, because his team has been garbage. If you're going to be the best, you got to play on the best. But in baseball. But in baseball, he can't control who the pitching staff is. He can't go out there and stop guys. Because all he can do... Is play good defense, and he can produce the plate. And he's done all of that. But you're asking me to say that he's the greatest player to ever play. He's <laughs> certainly in the conversation. But you're saying, is he the number one, number one? Is that That's the question? <laughs> that is that is the way the statement was read. What about could be? If he I could, it, could be. Yeah. Yes, of okay. course. Right, because he's on pace. He's, he's in number- better position than anybody in baseball right now to be the number one, number one. Yeah. But he is not currently. I feel like he's the most overlooked superstar in all of sports in our country. And I think a lot of it is because of his personality, which kind of sucks in the bigger picture. Like, do you really have to go out there and be brash and be arrogant and take a lot of endorsements and give you quotes in the media to be considered a superstar? In our Kardashian world, like the reality oh. TV effect, you almost have to be. Like the fact that Lonzo Ball is a more recognizable name in our country than Mike Trout is insanity to me. Can you never again say that it's a Kardashian country? <laughs> well, Please. Sadly, it is. No, I mean, but let's try to have, have a good day Trust today. me. Trust me. I am on board with you 100%. That hurts me. But it's a sad reality of the situation. Uh, no pun intended or pun intended. Pun totally <laughs> intended. <laughs> All right. All right. Next up. Shohei Otani wasn't worth the hype. Overreaction or proper reaction? Trick question. Currently, right now, he is not worth the hype. He's well, not playing. Yeah, because he's hurt. Hey. But what about that's well, a at tough the time? world we live in, right? Yeah, it's a harsh it's reality. It's a doggy dog world. He's hurt right now. He's not helping the Angels. He's not going to be in Washington at the All-Star Game. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year. He's not part of the conversation. Prior to him getting hurt, yeah, he was worth the hype. He was a two-way player. He was doing very well both sides of the plate. He was a must-see at bat, a must-see when he was on the mound. And, you know, when you think about what he was doing this year, hitting 289, he did have six home runs, but limited. He wasn't playing every day. He was an interesting player, but now he's just another guy in the DL. Ooh, that's harsh. So you're saying proper reaction that uh, that was not worth the hype. I'm going to say, I'm going to say proper reaction too, because I thought at the time, you heard the name Babe Ruth tossed around with comparison every day. Yeah, that he was the next Babe Ruth. I love it because, and this is my concern with him moving forward. I loved his story because I was a baseball player coming out of high school 
who always had to give up something. I wanted to pitch and hit. And I and I was always told from every baseball scout I ever talked to, you have to choose one. You got to make up your mind. You got to do something. And I hated that. I wanted to play every day, but I also wanted to be a pitcher. And I thought he could have changed the old school baseball guys who said, nope, you can only do one or the other. And I'm concerned that this injury is going to give everybody a reason to say, see, you can't do it. It's too risky. Even though guys blow out their arms every day that yeah. are those pitchers, I worry that the Angels moving forward are going to say, you got to choose one. And I hate that. I said that in the beginning of the year that they had to choose one. It's really hard to be a successful major league pitcher, and it's really hard to be a successful major league hitter. You have to study. You have to know your opponent. Not everybody's Vladimir Guerrero where you just don't even know who you're hitting against, and you don't even know what city you're playing in. Right. Most people have to prepare. There's just no time. Yeah. So it's hard to be both. Yeah, stuff on your body too. All right, next up, overreaction or proper reaction? Manny Machado deserves a bigger contract than Bryce Harper. Man. I love this one. This is a great one. Especially because I think just the average Joe sitting here would say, oh, no way, Bryce Harper. He, everybody's been talking about his $400 million deal. But when you look and you dig deep into the numbers, Manny Machado is right there with Bryce Harper and even better in some. So what say you? Overreaction or proper reaction? This is a setup. <laughs> it's a total setup. I'm going to answer it this way. I'm giving more money to Bryce Harper because I think he's going to be good, good, gooder, gooder longer. <laughs> Why? They're the same age. They've had the same production at this point in their career. You fall in love with the brass Bryce Harper, didn't you? You like you like his ego. You like the the swag that he walks around there because every comparison almost is almost on par or better for Machado. Machado's got a b higher batting average. He's only trails him by eight home runs. He trails him by five RBI. Like it's it's all right there. They're the same player. Harper's a badass, <laughs> right? And I want him on my team, knowing that one player. Mike Trout, we talked about it. May not be but, but, the difference in winning a title. But Bryce Harper, what has he won yet? What has he won yet? Going back to your No, he can't even get out of the ALDS. Uh, exactly. So, no doubt. So where's this, where's that winner? Where's that swagger? I feel as though that if I'm building a team, mm. I want more Harpers than I want Machados. Ooh. I love Machado at shortstop. I love what he brings to the team. But I also know when I am looking at the totality of a roster, having Harper there is going to be more meaningful to me. Yeah. So I'm giving Harper more. Not by a lot. They both will get more than Stanton, in my view. Really? They're yeah. going to get over the 327? Yes, but I have Harper going higher. All right, cool. We'll have to watch out for that as those guys, uh, both a lot of trade speculation around Machado. Is somebody going to get him you know, one year, long term? We'll have to figure that out. Won't be long term. No, it's going to be a one. It's going to be just for the end of the, if he gets traded, right. he'll still become a free agent. Right. He's worked to be free agent at 26 forever. He's not going to give it up. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. Debo, let's do some picks and props where I am struggling lately. I'm on a cold streak through this, uh, this World Cup action. Picks and props. No big deal. I picked the exact score from the Brazil game on Friday. Raja still in the lead. Hannah still struggling, and we're debuting our listeners. They started out 0-2. Every day you can vote in a poll at Canel and Bell on Twitter. We'll take the consensus and consider that the listener pick. Today we're going to start with a prop and a little bit of trivia. So Edwin Jackson called up by the Athletics appearing for his 13th MLB team, which ties a MLB record. Danny, I'm going to ask you, how many teams do you think David could name of Edwin Jackson's before getting one wrong. And I'm going to set it at over under 10. Oh, I'm taking the under on that all day long. I'm going to go under. Can I take the under? <laughs> right. That is not. I'm gonna, you can right take there. the under. Uh, can you try it though? Absolutely. Uh, Edwin Jackson. 
<laughs> Cubs, Brewers, Marlins. Good so far. Yeah. Uh, I'm going division by division. Oh, uh, look at that. He played for the Nationals. He yep. played in the West. He played for the A's. He played for the. Did he play for the A's? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think he did either. That's who we just got called up by. Five. Oh, that's who we just got called up by. Oh, yeah, so, so that counts. There you that's are, five. Right. So I don't think you... <laughs> that counts. That's, that's one of thirteen. All right. Astros, because everyone's played for the Astros. Yep. That's six. That is incorrect. Wait, I don't think he was on the Astros. I'm Everybody not... played. For was the not Astros. on the Astros. Or Here's the list: Dodgers. Dodgers, Rays, Tigers, Diamondbacks, White Sox, Cubs, Nationals, Braves, Cardinals, Padres, Orioles, Marlins, Athletics. A long list tying under. the under record. Under wins. Hey, good hey, for him, though. That's, I had the under. That was a fix. That's, that's some serious perseverance right there. So, so Danny, the pick today, we're going to have to go baseball. We're going to have to go with who Edwin Jackson is pitching for. Going to stay away from soccer. Athletics at Tigers. The game, that's an early one. So you know if yeah. you won your bet by dinner time. Uh, it's pretty close to even odds, but the Tigers' slight favorites at home. Who you got? Jordan Zimmerman has been terrible, but I had Edwin Jackson, and he's terrible. He's <laughs> terribler. All right, but I'm going Tigers, Tigers have lost five straight. I think it moves to six, so I'm going to take the A's. Tigers. Around this great story, like those are the guys in the clubhouse are going to love him. What like, great hey. story. <laughs> hey, he's been around. Perseverance. Perseverance from Edwin Jackson. Time now for your news in 90. Bad news for the Yankees following their three-game sweep to the Rays. Catcher Gary Sanchez appears to be headed to the disabled list with a right groin and hip abductor injury. Sanchez was injured while trying to beat a double play in Sunday's loss to Tampa Bay. Elsewhere in New York, the Los Angeles Dodgers tied an MLB Modern Era record in their 8-7 win over the New York Mets on Sunday. The Dodgers hitters combined for seven solo home runs, which is the most by one team in a single game, according to ESPN.com. That feat hadn't been done since 2016. Bubba Watson is the first three-time winner on the PGA Tour this season as he won the Travelers Championship for the third time in his career. Watson trailed by six shots entering Sunday, but shot a final round, 63, to finish 17 under. The Washington Capitals and John Carlson agreed to a new eight-year, $64 million contract the team announced on Sunday. Carlson set career highs with 15 goals and 53 assists last season as part of the Capitals' first Stanley Cup final in 20 years. And Mohamed Salah is considering his international future with Egypt, according to ESPN FC. CNN first reported on Sunday that the Liverpool forward was deciding whether or not to return to the Egypt team after the World Cup. That was your news in 90. Now, what do you guys think? Salah owns his country right now. Ooh, I like it. Mo Salah, he was the dude that was hurt, right? Like, this shows you how much, uh, uh, soccer I know, but he was hurt. And remember, we did a, we did a segment in here where the fan actually grabbed him by the cot, like, patted him on the back, and he, like, winced. Like, it was actually real. It wasn't a flop injury. It was legit. So they've seen him, uh, so, you know, seen him try to come back. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up playing. Uh, all right, let's save baseball. You ready to save baseball? I'm ready. Because it, it is a conversation that comes out a lot, but I think you really sparked a ton of interest in it with a piece that you did with Jason Stark in The Athletic where, what did you call it? What was the operation called? Operation Conversation. Oh, I like that. It's important for me. I love baseball. And uh, 18 years I, of my life I put into the game in the front office. And I think it's okay to admit when something's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of debate because it's America's pastime. Is it still America's pastime? It's got traditionalists. 
you don't hear that a lot in other sports where, oh, you can't change this, you can't change that. The NFL changes rules all the time. The NBA changes rules all the time. NHL, baseball moves at a glacial speed, both on the field and off the field. So I sat down with Jason. And just and real quick, so so ratings are down, World Series ratings are down, the numbers of fans actually attending, those are down too. Attendance is down. Yep. So general interest is down. Mm-hmm. Attendance, ratings, brand affinity, mm-hmm. just all the things you look at when you've got a sport or a business. We had a big issue in baseball, Danny. The demographics kept getting older. Do you know what happens in a business when your average age of your fan keeps getting older? They eventually die, and then you're in trouble. So it's like owning Kodak Mm -hmm. or Xerox, right? (laughs) Right. You better find another way. Irrelevant, pretty fast. Right. Yep. So what do we do? So we came up with some ideas that some would say are crazy, and I may not disagree. But what I wanted people to do was to talk. So, for example, my favorite one was the wild card hitter. Mm -hmm. I wanted the ability for any team at any time to bat out of order. And we talked about just making it the ninth inning. So this was my dream. We talked about Trout before. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if Mike Trout, you're down one, and he leads off with a double, mm-hmm. and then he gets to hit again? So you'd put in a pinch runner on second. Absolutely. And then Mike Trout comes right back to home Right play. back. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Right. It'd be awesome. It'd be great. Now, I think, so of all these crazy ideas, I think that one would probably be the hardest to get baseball to do, don't you? Like, I think, like, because I think I it makes the it. most sense. <laughs> right. That's why it's the hardest. But they're, they're even struggling with getting a runner on second and extra innings to get to speed up the pace. They're doing that in minor leagues. I love that. Yeah, I do too. Extra innings games. Let's talk about that. Right. From a front office standpoint, it screws up your pitching staff mm-hmm. and for, for days to come. Yep. And from a fan standpoint, all you're doing is sitting around waiting for somebody to hit a home run, <laughs> which is what the game has become in the first through ninth inning. Let's try to get small ball back. Let's try to get runners moving. Let's try to get where hits matter. Put a guy in second base. Let's sacrifice him over. And then a sacrifice fly or a base hit or an error or something about getting the ball in play can win a game for you. That's fun to watch. All right. So the DH rule is being discussed by uh, Major League Baseball. Rob Manfred has said it's in talks right now. You had a different idea for the DH. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In conversation. You had a different idea, though. So you would have the home team decide if they want to use the DH or not? Here's where this came from. What sport has the smallest home court advantage? Uh, You mean percentage, like, right? I have it's, no idea. It's baseball. It is. Okay. So <laughs> baseball, it's harder to say, hey, we're playing at home. We're going to win today. Right. It's based on pitching. It's based on your lineup. Right. Other, other well, sports. Hey, wait a second. That's supposed to be the whole motivation behind the All-Star game. It it was, not anymore. It didn't matter. That's the funny part about that whole thing. Totally irrelevant. I want to make it so there's a bigger home team advantage because I want fans to go to games at home, and I want there to be a better atmosphere. That was the whole thought. Let the home team choose. DH, no DH. What's wrong with that? In spring training, we do it. Why can't we do it during the regular season? I would say... You got, you, first of all, it's the only sport where you have different leagues with different rules, which makes zero sense whatsoever. But it does seem more likely that the DH is going to be league wide. I would actually prefer the other way. I mean, I told you earlier, like, I liked being able to play both. I wish they would do away with the DH rule altogether. Uh, that one I think is actually, I don't think it'll happen because they're already discussing this. I think it's just going to go league wide, but that one I think is doable. Like, I think that one of the, the players getting upset or the union, like, that one seems like it'd be doable. All right. What about the designated fielder? So we had a guy, I call this my Jeff Mathis rule, and I've never told him this, so he's hearing it for the first time. 
Uh, I love Jeff Mathis. He's still playing right now. He's actually doing very well up in Arizona. And uh, he just can't hit. He hits around 200 every year. But he's the best defensive catcher I ever had in 18 years. And pitchers wanted to throw to him. He commanded a game. He's a game changer. But wouldn't it be cool for fans to watch Giancarlo Stanton hit an extra time or somebody else who can hit hit instead of Mathis? Yeah. So I wanted a designated fielder. But it also happens with shortstops. We've had a lot of great shortstops who are great with the glove but not great with the bat. Let there be good defense. Let him play defense and let someone else hit. All right. I don't think that one's going to happen. This next one, I think, actually, if, if baseball was smart, and the leadership was smart. I think this one would be a, a fantastic way to speed up the game. The two pickoff limit. Because how many times are you at a game and they're holding a runner on and you see 18 throws over to first and everybody in the – like fans start booing if it's the – Their own the team. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. they boo their own team. Exactly. So you proposed a two pickoff limit. Like Which I, really equals zero. Right. Right. No one's going to throw over once because then the runner knows you can't throw over a second time. Right. Or if you do, then the guy just starts leaving. Like, and then he's gone. I'm so, in. And I think that one actually does make some sense. All right. What about the crooked number rule? So this is a little different. All right. Why do people leave games? Remember, go back to this operation conversation. What's in my head? I want people to stay at games. I want them to come to games and then stay more. When you're home team and you're losing 8 nothing. Mm-hmm. It, you're in second inning. As a player, you're despondent. As a team president, you're despondent. You're watching people leave the field. Why not make it so if you give up a crooked number, the next half inning you get to start as though it were extra innings with a man on second? Ooh. So you give him like a little catch-up. You give him a, you give a him chance an for a rally. Right. I call it a rally starter. Oh, and then if we rally after we were scored upon and we score crooked numbers, guess what? Then the team – who scored the eight runs gets to start with a man on second again. I, I thought you were going to propose like the ten run rule, like at, at the game over after five. Like that, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Like that one we wouldn't get ages. done because then you're losing too many padded stats. Right, right. Players get paid on stats. Yep. Ultimately, that is that's like the one argument you hear from the old baseball speed, and it's such a stat driven historical game like everybody loves the statistics of the game that i think that's what the biggest argument the naysayers would say to all of these which is really dumb when you think about yeah. it in the bigger picture like players don't care about that actually the but historical no, but, stats they care about the stats for the money right. fans care about the history of stats. right so obviously uh some baseball I, i'd love to see some of these happens it'll be interesting to see what baseball let's does. at least talk about it exactly let's do it let's get it done we are all right let's do some superlatives let's roll through these uh pretty quick all right, so I think I know who you're going to say, but the best player in the world not named Mike Trout. Max Scherzer. Oh, I thought you were going to go Bryce Harper for sure, but you're going pitcher. All right. So Pitching wins. Dominant guy out there. He's having another great year. All right, what about best potential face of the game not named Mike Trout? I'm going to add one or Bryce Harper because I think that's too easy. You'd go with him. Aaron Judge. Yeah. He young. looks like Adonis, and he has a great personality. All right, solid. All right, what about the biggest name to get dealt at the deadline? It's got to be Machado. I'm not going to say Machado because I know how the Orioles operate. I watched it for a lot of years. Really? It puts the diss in function, and it's. I just don't think they're going to get a deal done. I said it before the season started. I don't think Machado gets moved. Oh. I think the Orioles have to move Britain. I think they have to move Machado because they're going to lose him unless they're planning on resigning him, which I don't think they will. Uh, so I would move Machado, but I think the biggest name to get dealt, uh, let's go crazy. I'm going to go with Noah Syndergaard. Really? Any, any like idea with landing spot? 
I can think of seven teams who would take him right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, a lot right? of teams would take so him. So I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to step up Ooh. and get a number one starter. Wow, that'd be fascinating to see. All right. Match with Clayton, obviously. This one I think is a no-brainer, and if you answer anything else, I'm going to be really disappointed in you. Great. Most likely reason Bryce Harper shaved his beard. Oh, because his wife told him to. <laughs> oh, come on. You don't think it was because he was batting 212? You think it's the wife? You wanted me to go as a slump buster? <laughs> yes, that's absolutely what it was. Baseball players, they're super slump buster. Yes, yeah. I See? think he had enough. See, exactly. All right, what about the best current mascot in the sport? Who is that? I think does baseball even have mascots that people? They got. I always, the, all time was the San Diego Chicken. San Diego Chicken is number one all time. The best current is the Philly Fanatic. Yeah, he's the best. Great personality. He's fun. The blue dude that runs the races when he runs – who was that? Is that a mascot? <laughs> the freeze. I think that's a guy. I think it's an ad, right? Isn't that like a <laughs> But sadly, he's one of the most famous ones that you see out there. Socially relevant. All right. We have to do socially relevant right now, and this is one of my favorite videos that we've seen since we've done the show. This is England watching their team absolutely annihilate – I think it was Panama they were playing. So this is a pub they're watching as they do. There's a goal-free kick on goal. And when they score – you see absolute mayhem. Oh, my God. I absolutely love this. This, like, they scored six times. It was a blowout. Did they do this every goal, or was this the first goal? It had to have been only the first goal. Are you sure that's a World Cup celebration? Because I've been to London before, and that looks like a pub on a Wednesday night after someone gets cold cocked. So that's just it. That's a that's a, that's a a nightly routine. I think that's just a Tuesday. That's just kind of the way they roll. Hey, they are known to hold their, uh, their liquor pretty well. Or throw their liquor. <laughs> yes. I like that. They definitely need some uh, some rain suits uh, when they go there for that game. Topics. So Chris Webber hasn't worn at number four for Michigan since 1993. Jim Harbaugh wore Michigan last in 1986. Jim Harbaugh came back, though. Chris Webber hasn't been back since that whole improper benefits investigation. But that'll seemingly change this fall. Jim Harbaugh invited Weber back to be an honorary captain for the Wolverines football team for some game this season. Weber accept it now it was live on the radio so we'll see if it actually comes through but good that Weber finally appears back on campus yes good for him the fab five was like when i was in high school those guys were right around my age they changed college basketball with the baggy shorts the black socks like this he needs to get back there's been some bad blood even between him and the other members of the fab five so the further they can remove themselves from that and kind of get back to a place where they're all realize how special what they did and accomplished at michigan Get them all back there. I'm a five slamma jamma guy. Oh, you are. So you go way back. I like it. <laughs> I'm old. Yeah, get Weber back on campus though. That'd be great. Uh, so some more facial hair talk on the pod. Yesterday, the Astros' Alex Bregman went from second inning having a mustache to fourth inning having no mustache. Um, we don't know if his wife was involved in the uh, <laughs> making him married. shave it off, but <laughs> Bregman, middle of the game goes with that i feel like i would be pretty nervous because it takes me you know I, i'm ending up bleeding on the field if i try to shave in the middle of a game definitely i'm all for it the, the most important question is do we know what he did after that like did he get a hit did he do something one for four after that i can only tell you that i've seen a lot of players do a lot of things during the game in the clubhouse uh-huh. so this is not surprising to me so you've seen him do this it's the most innocuous thing i've seen players <laughs> yes. do i'll tell you that <laughs> If I can get all the guys to just shave, that's a good sign. <laughs> nice. I like it.
So earlier we talked about LeBron James taking the game in the stands, watching his son LeBron James Jr. play basketball. That's not entirely true, though, because at halftime he came down onto the court to give a halftime speech to his kid's team. What do we think he was saying? What is he, LeVar Ball of a sudden? Like, let the coach do his job. Why do you got to come in and overshadow the coach? You got to let the coach do his thing. Is he not just a dad of one of the players? That's all. That's all he's supposed to be in this game. What's he doing? Exactly. You talk about a, he's making it harder on his kid. I People agree. People will be like, "Hey, he's being a good dad." Let this is already one of the hardest things this kid is going to have to be as LeBron James Jr. It's his kid. Stay up in the stands. Stay out of the scene. That's terrible video. I'm not happy. I, about right? That. I'm not either. Like, sit stay down out of the and way. watch the game. Yeah, but be what, does a the, dad. what does the coach do? He can't tell LeBron to go back to the stands. No, the coach is asking for autographs. That's exactly. So LeBron could be a Laker in just a week's time, so Joel Embiid has to get his shots in while he can. Last night posted a picture on Instagram with a bunch of non-looking basketball-playing fellows, one of them being Harry Styles. (laughs) Um, And he said, the Lakers starting five as a (laughs) caption. Off-season, regular season, it doesn't matter. It's always Joel Embiid's social media season. He is all over the place. So he's... I. I think he loves being a part of the conversation more than any other basketball player. I think you could call him thirsty. A lot of young kids might call him thirsty. He's out there playing pickup hoops in the streets of Philly, in the Bahamas, all over the place. The more we talk about it, the more he's going to post. And what's wrong with that? Nothing. It's Have for, fun. We need more baseball players to follow his ever. lead and do it. I do wonder if the Sixers brass loves him playing pickup hoops, though. Like out in the streets with guys that aren't used to playing basketball because he plays with some terrible players. He wasn't players. playing hard. <laughs> he was he dunking was over him. <laughs> him dunking is like us walking. Yeah, that's true. It is. That. Yeah, it is true. All right, so keep posting those uh, Joel Embiid. It also gives us plenty of uh, ammo for topics here on the show. Thanks, David, for hanging out with us today. Really pleasure. It was, it was fun. Fun show. Yeah, it was a blast. Tomorrow, I'm going to be back riding solo. We got a little bit of a unique schedule on here. We're doing today, tomorrow. We have some vacation time. Imagine that. It's summertime. We're actually going to get some vacation. Uh, thanks for checking us out, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Off the bench, Danny Cannell and Rajah Bell, but David Sampson in today.